Welcome to energyandpersonalexcellence.com and sachincarnic.com. This is a technical recording on pleasure systems in the brain. Uh, the target audience of this um, brief presentation uh, is um, professionals, medical professionals, as well as um, therapists, psychologists, uh, mental health professionals, and addiction specialists. Uh, also, others who may be interested in this topic at a more technical level. So, I want to uh, examine today uh, pleasure systems in the brain. You know, we obviously have a brain, hopefully, uh, and uh, <coughs> and the brain generates pleasure. Now, so so pleasure is an experience that we are all familiar with. There's all different kinds of pleasures. So, I want to get into this uh, in a bit technical way. Um, because uh, this is uh, uh, a, um, a an exploratory as well as a didactic uh, recording for professionals specifically and those who are interested uh, in uh, a little bit of a deeper grasp of uh, the nature of pleasure, particularly in the brain. So the first point is that pleasure is mediated by well-developed mesocortical limbic circuitry and serves adaptive functions. You know, so um, this experience of pleasure, it's a mediated experience. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that it's a personal experience that occurs due to, neuro, due to neurochemical functioning in the mesocortical limbic circuitry. So it's a type of circuitry within, certain, within this region of the brain and that's where this activity occurs, this neurochemical activity occurs, uh, or and electrical, you know, electrical and chemical activity occurs, which creates the experience of pleasure. That's what the word mediated refers to. You know, so pleasure is mediated by, meaning that it, it's, it's one of those experiences that occurs uh, as a, an interconnected, integrated part of the mesolimbic circuitry in relation to other cognitive uh, parts or other other uh, neurological parts and the pleasure itself uh, serves uh, adaptive functions you know so it it's, it's it's there as an experience to promote certain types of activities that to repeat certain activities and experiences because that experience of pleasure is a motivator and it's, it's a rewarding experience. It, you know, quote, it feels good. It's a personal experience. Uh, and then by that feeling, that activity is performed, which ensures survival. It ensures self-protection. It ensures growth and development. It also ensures procreation. So, so many, you know, p uh, aspects of pleasure uh, are uh, relevant in, in, in relation to its adaptive functions. So, when we consider from a clinical point of view uh, a variety of disorders known as affective disorders, uh, which are emotional disorders or disorders of emotion, uh, there is something called anhedonia. Uh, anhedonia is the lack of pleasure or the difficulty in, or, or considerable difficulty in experiencing pleasure. That's called an anhedonic state or anhedonia. And there's also something called dysphoria, which is very similar. It's like a negative affect. You know, they are very similar, anhedonia or dysphoria. And the affect is negative. There is a sense that, you know, one is not feeling good about oneself. 
so there's low self-esteem, there's just not a good feeling overall about what's happening in one's life, or just you know, just one's, one's own inner uh, subjective mental experience is uh, is occurring in a negative way, or it's occurring where where there is low mood, there's low energy. You know? So that's called dysphoria. That's a more generic term. And so anhedonia is a little bit more specific in the sense that it is the lack of pleasure. So when there are affective disorders, and you know the word disorder refers to a deviation from a certain typical or normal standard. So in affective disorders, uh, anhedonia and dysphoria uh, can occur, or, or they are the result from breakdowns of the hedonic system. So uh, the, within the brain, there is there are hedonic systems, and particular areas, the major hedonic system within the meso. Uh, cortical uh, limbic circuitry and that breakdown can happen in, in many different ways for many different reasons I mean one of the reasons could be some kind of injury to the brain itself physically another reason could be uh, a type of hyperstimulation through addictions uh, that's another way that can happen um, there are other kinds of psychological or psychosocial problems and traumas uh, and difficulties in life that can uh, you know change the way that uh, mesocortical limbic circuitry is working. So the hedonic system uh, uh, can be damaged, it, or it can be, or it can become dysfunctional. You know, so this is an, uh, that's indicative uh, of the of the fact that the mind can damage the brain. It sounds like a strange thing to say, but you know, problems in the mind can actually damage damage the brain in a variety of different ways. Now, uh, there is, you know, uh, neuroimaging, and neuroimaging studies indicate that, uh, surprisingly, similar circuitry is activated by quite diverse pleasures. You know, so different kinds of pleasure experiences have very similar circuitry, and that's what's interesting about this. Neurologically, there may not be a whole lot of difference between one type of pleasure versus another. Like, for example, we like, let's say you like to eat a strawberry shortcake or some other kind of nice sweet dish and then that's one type of you know experience but another kind of experience might be you know like exercising and then getting a high from exercise so or that's another kind or gambling or whatever you know alcohol um, so human neuroimaging studies uh, indicate that surprisingly similar circuitry is activated by quite diverse pleasures, and so you know, so that so that is suggesting, uh, or is, it is suggestive of common neural currency shared by all. You know, so this is an interesting way of putting it. Uh, uh, neural neural currency refers to um, the fact that there is this storehouse of. Uh, neurotransmitters and various other um, uh, other chemicals uh, within the brain, within certain circuitry, that uh, can can create the experience of pleasure or mediate the experience of pleasure. You know, so um, it really means that all different kinds of pleasures share similar neural circuitry which is which itself means that the experience 
the subjective personal experience is dependent in a diverse way based on the kinds of objects that one interacts with that creates this pleasure. But the neural circuitry is very similar. You know, so what that means is you've got, let's say, let's say you've got a computer. Let's say you have five computers and they all have Microsoft Word. But all five computers are, are running, a, are running uh, you know, Microsoft Word, but, but the content is different. So it's something like that. You know, you've got the same type of processes going on, uh, but every document is different. It's like that. So, uh, you know, the experience of pleasure subjectively is like the software of a computer, something like that. And then the hardware is, of course, uh, I mean, the, the, the actual neurochemical st structure, the, the uh, neuro neuronal structure is the hardware. Very interesting, you know. So, so this term "neural uh, neural currency" is also very, very relevant. Okay, now, wanting for reward is generated by a large and distributed brain system. You know, so brain systems exist. So, you know, the the demand for reward, the desire part. In our program, we talk about thought, emotion, memory, and desire. And desire is wanting. You know, the wanting of this experience. Uh, is generated by a large and distributed brain system. You know, so liking or pleasure itself is generated by a small set of hedonic hot spots within limbic circuitry. You know, so um, the wanting or wanting is one thing, uh, and then there is the liking or the experience of pleasure. Like wow, this feels good, you know. So this is that is generated by a smaller set of hedonic hot spots within the limbic circuitry. So there's the limbic system. Within that, there are some hedonic hot spots. Hedonic refers to like pleasure experiencing. Very interesting. So those hot spots also can be embedded in broader anatomical patterns of valence organization. You know, so. Uh, they they are they also exist in other anatomical patterns uh, within the brain because it's neuroanatomy, and valence organization refers to uh, the, the level with which or the polarity with which uh, the various neurotransmitters are existing, you know, and then those those are called hotspots. So there are neurotransmitters that are existing in specific areas, and then they are. Uh, stimulated by a variety of uh, psychological and neurological processes, so those are hotspots. So those hotspots uh, can can also be embedded in broader anatomical patterns of valence organization, such as in keyboard pattern of nucleus accumbens generators for desire versus dread. You know, so in the within the nucleus accumbens there uh, is a process of desire versus dread. Uh, and and that nucleus accumbens has these various neuronal patterns within it, which also modulates, which also mediates uh, the experience of desire, you know, versus dread. You know, so uh, so these very basic types of experiences are all are all existing within this within the primitive brain. So in contrast, some of the best known textbook candidates for pleasure generators include classic pleasure electrodes and the mesolimbic dopamine system. Okay, so um, 
what is interesting here, you know, so it's a, a contrasting point here. So in contrast, some of the best known textbook candidates for pleasure generators, including classic pleasure electrodes and the mesolimbic dopamine system may not generate pleasure at all. These emerging insights into brain pleasure mecha- mechanisms may eventually facilitate better treatment for affective disorders. You know, so uh, what that refers to is that uh, is that the generating of the experience of pleasure is much broader than simply the mesolimbic dopamine system or simply the presence of pleasure electrodes. I mean, that's what that, I think that's what that refers to. Uh, you know, so... Um, this is all very, very important from a very clinical point of view for those people who have various affective disorders. You know, uh, the decisions that need to be made by physicians or psychiatrists regarding medications are also based on understanding what's happening neurologically. Because if we accept the uh, fact that the human brain needs to function in the homeostatic way, within homeostasis, which is a balanced state all the way around, then re-establishing that homeostasis is the key in um, really uh, really re-establishing normal pleasure uh, without all the uh, damage that, that can potentially ensue. You know, so uh, there's a lot more that can be said, but this is a brief overview uh, about some of the neuroscience, at least, and just some key points about things like, you know, um, what is anhedonia, dysphoria, mesolimbic, mesocorticolimbic circuitry, and the adaptive functions that it serves. Um, and the fact that, um, you know, there are uh, processes of wanting and liking and pleasure itself. You know, so all of these uh, have uh, quite a few... Uh, number of different types of set points and uh, different types of uh, circuitry circuitry within the brain. So these are also called hedonic hotspots, uh, you know, within the limbic circuitry. All right, so I think having understood that, there are many possible clinical questions. And from a psychotherapy point of view, uh, the question is how to reestablish normal brain function through talk therapy, if that's possible. It probably is to some extent, I would think. And then, of course, medications if if necessary. All right? So, uh, and then from a more philosophical point of view, you know, what exactly is pleasure? What do we mean by pleasure? What is the experience and where does it come from? And then how can that be transformed? And so that's where meditation also comes in. Okay, thank you very much.